Welcome to Honestly Haunted. Welcome back to another episode of Honestly Haunted, where your hosts, Abby and Erin. Thanks so much again for joining us this week. We've got a really awesome episode for you. If you've been on our social media, you've probably seen our post about our new Patreon, which is now live. So we hope you'll consider looking at it and supporting us. We do appreciate you guys listening uh, and your support as well. There's a few different tiers to check out, and there's a new episode live ready to go for our Patreon subscribers. And it's a really fun episode, too. It's a part of our new mini-series, the Honestly, Honestly, it's it's a a conspiracy. conspiracy. So if you like conspiracy theories, might not be a full, like, conspiracy theorist yourself, but are interested in listening to them, go check out, support us on Patreon. We will really, really appreciate it and give you a shout out. Very, very much so. Um, and also, you know, we got some really great feedback about our Patreon episode that uh, we kind of did a little bit of a different format. We were a little bit more conversational, a little bit less uh, scripted scripted, and talking from our script. And so we have taken that into account and we've taken back some of our other really great feedback about people who love the research we've put into everything. And so we're going to try and, and blend the best of both worlds now in, in our main episodes and see how that works we're out. Gonna share it up a little bit. Little so. shakeroonie. <laughs> so we're gonna try and give you a little bit more conversational without, uh, you know, getting rid of the research elements that we work so hard on for every episode. Um, so let us know. Give us a review. Uh, give us, you know, a shout and let us know how how you thought it was and if, if you like some of the new stuff we're doing. So, we are going to continue our tour of the 50 states with Oklahoma. Oklahoma. (laughs) I might be singing show tunes in the background of this episode. You know, it it was bound to happen. Just a little Roger. Just a little (laughs) Roger. Just a little bit. But uh, we will be talking about the Skirvin Hotel in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma this week. And it's got an interesting history and a lot of evidence of hauntings and paranormal activity. Yeah, so this should be a fun one. So strap in, guys. (laughs) Uh, The Skirvin Hotel, as Abby mentioned, is in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Um, It opened to the public in 1911, so it is over 100 years old now. So the Skirvin Hotel is a historic landmark in Oklahoma City, and it was named for the founder, William Bowser Bill Skirvin. Wow. Yeah. What a name. Quite a name. Um, There's not too much about him that I could find, but everything about him talks about his daughter, which is interesting because his Mm. daughter doesn't really have anything to do with the hotel, but his daughter became ambassador to Luxembourg. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> which which is apparently, like, was a big deal. Um, but apparently some sort of Broadway show mentioned her or created a character based on her. Oh. And so it also kind of made the Skirvin Hotel famous at the time. It, it wasn't like... What Broadway show? I, I couldn't... It say? It could, it, yeah, it didn't say. And oh. I couldn't find it. And I was like, that's so random. So it, it doesn't... A, it wasn't Oklahoma, was it? I know. No. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> but it doesn't seem like it was a very uh, 
like known show it might have just been like a one-off type of thing but in the moment it kind of threw some spotlight at the skirvin hotel well all i know about what i've seen about him is that he was an oil man from texas and that's where he had all of his money and built the hotel and what was i think oklahoma city was still pretty emerging not a huge town back then so this was a pretty big a pretty big investment in Oklahoma city economy as far as building a hotel of this size. Oh yeah. And, and I'm not like talking about big in terms of money, big in terms of size too, because when it opened, it had, uh, it had a lot. It consisted of two 10 story towers that had 225 rooms. So it was a lot of rooms. Um, it was billed as the newest, finest hotel in the Southwest. Good for Very it. fancy. Good for Good it. Good for it. Uh, but it was also one of the first hotels to have air conditioning, <gasps> oh. which at the time they called iced air. <laughs> Not wrong. Never heard that expression before. Not iced wrong. Air. <laughs> That's yeah. Generally, how I like my my air. <laughs> I like my air iced things. <laughs> A grande iced air. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so it had a lot of luxury. It had a ballroom that seated 500 people. And it had imported Austrian chandeliers that cost more than $100,000 each. Whoa. Yeah. Um, in 1926, a third tower was added that had 13 floors. Of course. A- exactly. When I read that, I was like... Why 13? Why would they do that? Why? Why did they do that? Whereas, like, Sarah Winchester from our last episode is like, yes. All the 13. By 1930, though, they realized what they did and they were like, you know what? We're just going to make each of the three towers 14 floors. So let's not have this weird random 13 floor tower. I'm glad they saw the error of their ways. They did. Uh, And at that point, there were 500 rooms in total. So huge, huge hotel. Very, very large. It's also said that this place was probably used as a speakeasy during Prohibition. Hmm. Couldn't find too much on that because as most speakeasies, there probably wasn't a ton of documentation. Pretty low key. (laughs) Their whole thing was not being found out. (laughs) And so in 1945, uh, W.B. Skirvin died, and the Skirvin family sold the hotel, and they sold it for $3 million. Wow. In 1945. I don't have what the conversion rate is, but that is probably a very large number. I'm gonna look it up. For inflation, let's see. All right. A million dollars... In 1945, is equal to 14.4 million dollars today. So times that by three. A lot. A lot. <laughs> it's a it's lot a of lot. money. <laughs> I'm not going to do the math because I don't want to. <laughs> Same. Um, yeah. So they sold it for a buttload of money, and over the next 43 years, the hotel changed ownership a ton. So that's kind of interesting because it stayed in the Scriven family for its whole first half of its life, but then it changed ownership very often. And I could find some names, nothing that really stood out, except for one, which was a Chicago-based group that was called The Syndicate, which just sounds mysterious. Just like, The Syndicate has owned the Skirvin Hotel. (laughs) They don't own them anymore. Um, But the hotel has had a ton of really famous guests. So they've had 
Harry Truman, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Elvis, Frank Sinatra, Jimmy Hoffa. Oh. Yeah. Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, And Bob Hope. Okay. Yeah. In 1988, however, the hotel closed and it sat neglected for 19 years. So nobody owned it. Nobody really did anything with it. It just kind of sat there in Oklahoma City. It seems like that was part of a larger thing that was happening in Oklahoma City at the time. It it was kind of getting downtrodden. Not a lot was being put into the city. And in the 1990s, there was this push for revitalization of Oklahoma City. And so a ton of things in the city got kind of some money from the state and from the city to try and boost the economy again, make some things better. Uh, The hotel wasn't included in that until later. So in 2005, there was like another push for revitalization and the hotel did get included at that point. And contractors started the renovation in 2005. Uh, It opened again in 2007. And when it opened, it had historically accurate windows from when it opened. So oh. part of the renovation was also trying to bring it back to its what it, former glory. Exactly. Like what it was. Wasn't it bought out by Hilton? Is it still owned? It, yeah, it is owned by Hilton okay. now. Yeah. So it's owned by Hilton now, um, which is a very famous hotel branch. They, they, do, good, <laughs> they do good stuff. Um, and the renovations cost about $50 million. Wow. Yeah. It's considered a, an Oklahoma landmark, and it's now open to stay in. Well, well, we do know it's open to stay in because in addition to the famous people that Aaron mentioned, a lot of other famous people have stayed in the Escarpment Hotel, uh, notably lots and lots of NBA players. <laughs> so when the Oklahoma City Thunder have a home game, a lot of the re- visiting teams will stay in the Escarpment Hotel, and a lot of them have had some very interesting experiences, to say the least. So I'll get into that in a little bit, but to talk about the main paranormal figure that is seen in a lot of the Skirvin stories is a maid named Effie. Love that name. Love it so much. So, and there's a little bit of controversy over Effie and I'll get to that too. But to start, uh, it goes all the way back to the original owner of the hotel. uh, W.B. Skirvin. W.B. Skirvin. And he was a widower. And uh, the legend goes that he took up a... Uh, an affair with a hotel maid by the name of Effie. Is it an affair if you're not married I guess anymore? not. Well, Effie might have been married. We don't oh. know. I don't or know. I guess maybe they just like an affair of the heart. And if something. I don't know. Well, I don't know if he actually legitimately loved her because she got pregnant and he locked her in a room on the 10th floor. That's all the legend says, is that she got pregnant, and to, uh, I'm guessing maybe it was a social status thing, uh, and he locked her up. Which would have been the very top floor at that time. Mm -hmm, 10th floor. And even after she had the baby, the legend goes that he still didn't let her out, that she had the baby in the hotel, and she was basically confined to her room on the 10th floor. Story goes, Effie started to go crazy, and eventually jumped out of the window with her baby in tow. (sighs) That's awful. And it fell to her death. So that's how the legend of Effie goes. It's very, very sad and very tragic if it's true. Um, so some of the reports that kind of negate Effie's story is that, that at the time, Oklahoma City was relatively small. And lots of historians in the area have found very little to suggest that a woman fell or jumped off of the hotel, uh, out of the hotel window. Because, like, the death would have been highly reported right. on. Although, I mean, thinking about it, this was probably 
the wealthiest person in Oklahoma City if this was like one of it like one of its only kind like what if he just had the money to cover, cover it, it up? up yeah that's also very possible too so the legend of Effie though continues because her presence can be felt on the 10th floor of the hotel which is interesting because after one of the renovations the 10th floor is no longer the top floor of, right. of the hotel since the renovations They're all are 14, all 14 now. now. So the fact that the 10th floor holds a lot of significance, also from NBA players who've stayed on the floor, kind of suggests that her presence still lingers in the Ooh. hotel. So um, a few years ago in 2014, the Knicks played the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the Knicks, after the game, they lost that game, blamed lots of creaks and groans in their hotel rooms from a sleepless night. And they went back and slept again. And even more players came forward with very odd circumstances that happened to them in their rooms, um, which included doors slamming shut, a baby crying, mm. not just outside, I just got chills. I know, a baby <laughs> crying, which makes me think Effie's baby, Effie's baby, um, not just crying outside the rooms, but almost as if the sound is coming from inside the rooms themselves. The call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> in the house. Uh, another one said that he mysteriously woke up, or he woke up in the middle of the night and mysteriously found his bathtub full of water. What? Was, like, the stopper was down and just totally full. But the water wasn't running anymore. It was just full of water. That is terrifying. Yeah, that would freak me out. And... Effie's story also gets a little bit more insidious as we hear a few more things. We don't know necessarily if it's Effie, but male patrons of the hotel have reported the apparition of a woman coming to them in their bathrooms while they're showering or changing. So an apparition of a woman will basically like approach them like seductively and usually like by the time they like rub their eyes or blink, the apparition's gone. But a woman has propositioned men at the hotel in the hallways on their way to their rooms, um, getting off the elevator, just this mysterious woman, and nobody has been able to see her. They can't find her on cameras or anything like that. So other guests at the hotel have seen a woman pushing a baby in a bassinet or a bassinet, right? Yeah. Whatever the little stroller thinks. I have a baby. I should know what that is. Um, (laughs) A little stroller. Have have seen a mysterious woman pushing a baby in a stroller throughout the halls on the 10th floor, but then she never goes into a room. She just kind of walks back and forth, back and forth. Oh my gosh, this is all there. giving me chills. I know. So, and again, like, we, a lot of people will admit athletes are very superstitious people. Sure. Typically, like, like lots of, like, pre-game things rituals. Things you have to do before the game, things you can't do. do. Yeah. Exactly. So, the fact that there's been a, a reports from at least four or five NBA teams, the Knicks, the Bulls, the Phoenix Suns, they've all had these weird occurrences of weird sounds coming from their room, door slamming shut, and of course the mysterious woman who uh, seductively approaches them in their rooms. Has there been anything about like what happens if they, if they say yes? Like, no, I'm sure they wouldn't admit it if they did. That is true, but I'm wondering (laughs) if she's like, if she's like, I don't know. Well, there is another unsettling story that I, I found, but I, it, again, it's very open-ended. I haven't found any evidence to it, but a man said, he I guess he reported it to hotel staff um, that he was actually sexually assaulted by an unseen entity during his stay at the hotel. Oh my gosh. So again, that's all I found about it. I never found a, like, I mean, I don't know how you can put a police report on that, but I mean, yeah, he, like, he like, said it was by an unseen entity. So I don't know if he thinks that it was like 
a ghost? Because he's not saying I was sexually assaulted by someone. Like, right, like an unseen entity. You wouldn't say that yeah. if you thought it was a person. Yes. So that is kind of a, a, a malevolent twist on this because it had been fairly innocent up until I read a story like that. So mostly today, stories of Effie are kind of like, she's a prankster. Like she slams doors, fills tubs with water. Sometimes the phone will ring in hotel rooms and nobody will be on the other line and they just call and things like that happen. And in, you know, in, from the other research that historians have done in the hotel, only one other person is said to have committed suicide or died in the hotel. And that was somebody, I believe in 2009 who committed suicide in the hotel, but it's, there's not any other stories related to this person. Wow. Um, at least that have come up yet. Yeah. That's really interesting. I mean, Honestly, it's not surprising to me that there are some more insidious things. Like, if if this Effie person is real, like, if we say this happened, to be locked in, locked in a tower, basically, to give birth, presumably without the comforts that one would normally have during giving birth, and then raising your baby, again, still basically locked in a tower... With this man, like, who basically controls you, I am not surprised that her response as a ghost then would be, like, both sexual and and devious. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to cause havoc in the hotel. Right. Owned by her, you know, former, former lover. <laughs> so... Those are the main stories about Effie. She's the main kind of character, main kind of ghost that we see recurring in these stories. And again, lots of these stories didn't start circulating the webosphere (laughs) (laughs) still after the hotel reopened in 2007. Mm -hmm. So it's all very current. That's interesting. And again, we heard about how the hotel changed ownership a lot of times over the years. We don't know what sort of things like happened in the renovations, things that got covered up, removed, or changed. But... I mean, I don't know. I keep going back to what kind of the, there's a a book called Skirvin, which is written by one of the Oklahoma City historians. And he talks a lot about how he doesn't believe in a ghost named Effie, primarily because Oklahoma City was a small town and that a death of that tragic of a nature, people would know about her. Um, And that a a woman named Effie was never found on any of the uh, employment Mm. like rosters from the hotel historically. So it's, it's hard to know. Exactly Effie sounds that. like a nickname, though, doesn't it, it? Yeah, I don't know what Effie is short for. I, I just, I wonder if it's a nickname and she's under the register or something else, and that's why. I mean, I still, I get the idea that, like, people would have talked about it, but I don't know. I mean, if this man was powerful enough to hold a woman in a tower, I wouldn't be surprised if he was powerful enough to silence a town. Especially if he had that much Especially if he was the economic driver of the town. That's very true. Yeah. I stumbled upon a... Conspiracy (laughs) in our main episode! (laughs) Ah! (laughs) If you want more of this stuff, listen to our Patreon. Please. (laughs) Um, But it's really interesting that you say this stuff didn't start to come out until after it was renovated. Because, again, remember, the renovations were all about making it more historically accurate. And replacing some of the newer things with older things, things from when it opened. So, like, all the windows now are historically accurate windows. And I wonder if some of this renovation back to its origins maybe, like, awakened something. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned it being likely a speakeasy in the 20s and 30s. Yeah. And, it, like, from what I saw, though, like... 
William Scriven did have a reputation of being kind of a womanizer. Mm. And so if those kind of activities, gambling and prostitution frequented his hotel, especially in the 1930s, you know, about the time that Effie allegedly went, fell to her, you know, fell to her death, you know, who knows what other sort of things were going on in the hotel at the time. if it was a speakeasy, what if she worked for that? She wouldn't be on the register for anything. don't exactly keep a roster. Yeah, so so there's there's like a ton of holes, I think, Mm -hmm. in, in, I mean, that historian obviously did a lot of research and has very valid reasons for thinking what he does. I just, I just think that there are still a lot of holes that she could have emerged from. Yeah. And I mean, the thing for me is that there are so many like notable NBA players yeah. who've all had experiences in a hotel over several years and enough enough that they mentioned it threw off their game. Yeah. Like, normally you wouldn't think that they would do that. Which they also would... makes me feel like the Oklahoma team believes it and that's why they keep sending their opponents <laughs> to that hotel. Hyping it, hyping it up to make it <laughs> They're a, like, an advantage. Oh, here, stay at this wonderful, nice hotel. Also, I hope the ghosts throw off your game. <laughs> well, I saw, I think the New York Times had an article about it and they joked that Effie was the unnamed sixth man for, oh the, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's just, amazing. Just throwing some heat for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, I don't know, Erin, what do you think? It's so hard and I think we come back to this a lot about how we make these verdicts when we can't actually go. Because obviously I would love to go and it's, stay it's on the 10th floor. It's a beautiful hotel, by the way. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I would love to stay on the 10th floor and, and see what happens. Although I would probably cry if we woke up to a full bathtub. Yeah, I'd probably cry too. <laughs> like, well, then I wonder, because we're not we're not. Oh, because we're not men. I yeah. wonder <gasps> if it's more targeted and you could not pay my husband or I your fiancé to go into I, I just for like a split second I was like what if we go and make the guys stay in a different hotel room than us but like that you're right they would be like um no No. (laughs) (laughs) you you guys do your thing we're gonna not do this at all and as interested as I am to know about the paranormal activity in the hotel I don't really want to set my husband up to be seduced (laughs) by an entity that's so true (laughs) love him love him bunches Not feeling super territorial over ghost, but still. But also, like, I don't want them to be sexually assaulted by an unknown entity. Yeah. No way. So, so that's, I feel like my coming down to, like, thinking about a verdict, I am torn between two things. On the one hand, I feel like it's... There's a lot of people saying the same stuff. You did say, you know, like, NBA players are pretty superstitious, but at the same time, they're all grown adults. <laughs> and and, yes. and I feel like the recurrence of it gives some credence to it. On the other side of it, I'm like, why has none of this stuff happened before the renovation? That that kind of trips me up yeah, a little same, bit. Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat. yeah. So I feel like maybe this one isn't honestly not, not haunted. haunted, but I'm going to leave a question mark and an inflection on the end. Not yeah, haunted. Not haunted. That's fair. It's just because there's not a ton of evidence other than Effie. Right. Uh, and, and if the only alleged ghost or entity of the hotel, there's no historical evidence of her ever existing. existing. And the hotel is, is, 
is finicky for me. And again, it's not to rule out the idea that this man was so powerful that he could have hushed up. Hit it. Yeah. I think that, I think that's fascinating. And like, I would love to do that type of research and try and figure that out. But I think, I think that's a little bit above my pay grade. And, but, and I'm also torn because lots of NBA players have had these experiences, but again, it also could be if you have an off game, why not blame it on Why a ghost? not blame it on something? And, and you know, I think hotels in and of themselves have... A lot of hotels have stories. You know, I think we, we've talked about a couple. Mm-hmm. And I know there are a ton others that that have these stories. And I think some of them have, like, really valid historical stories that go along with it. And some of them become kind of, like urban legends among Mm -hmm. the town or the people and I think Effie lies a little bit more in the urban legend world which again I mean during our Walking Sam episode we talked about how like urban legends can have their own credence weight yeah Yeah. um so I'm not discounting it by saying that but but I think it it lives a little bit more in that world right now yeah and for our you know as far as our option to be able to explore ourselves and to go visit you know i do wonder you know if we do get a chance to go visit if we would change our minds yeah based on because a lot of places we walk into like if you remember a few uh, several episodes ago when we went to what was the place named merlo oh the old natatorium when we went to the old natatorium like the second we walked in i felt something and it's like and there's no evidence that anybody ever died in there there's no i mean or historically like there's no there's just lots of i feel like we kind of went there thinking oh we're just going into the store just to like say that we've been there for the episode but but i think for both of us we felt things there that we were not expecting at all and we were kind of like whoa yeah like the vertigo in that one part. Yeah. yeah. And and so I would be super interested to see if the same sort of thing happened to us. But I think you make a great point that we are women. And so we might not have that experience. Yeah. So very interesting. I definitely want to go visit any of our listeners who've actually been to the Skirvin Hotel. Tell us about it. We'd love to know what you experienced, if anything. And we will do our best to try to get a reservation on the 10th floor. Yes. <laughs> at some point. I would specifically like to request the most haunted room you have. Thanks very much. <laughs> me <laughs> me standing behind Aaron, shaking my head. No. 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 <laughs> Please, no. I'll be on the third floor. See you in the morning. <laughs> or will you? Oh. <laughs> Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed our new format. Yeah, uh, we, let us know what you think about. Try it. to make it a little bit more conversational. Again, we have all we kind of script things and keep bullet points, but we thought this might, this is really us just talking about yeah these things and and let us know which format if you prefer one or the other. We'd love to know and we'll take it into consideration. But thank you for listening to our episode on the Scriven Hotel in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Leave us a review on your favorite podcatcher. Come check out our Patreon on uh, patreon.com slash honestly haunted if you so like. Again, there is already a brand new episode up on for Patreon listeners. Um, check us out on Instagram at honestly haunted. We post pictures and we will be posting some pictures of the Skirvin Hotel for you to see. Again, it's really beautiful, really large and historic. Uh, So check us out there. Reach out to us on all forms of social media. And we'll see you again in two weeks with more Honestly Haunted. (laughs) 